Welcome everybody to Podcast a Week. Yes, the third episode of Podcast a Week, a wonderful podcast. I lied to you last week. I said this week would have a Pokemon review and I lied to you. I am sorry. You can no longer trust me though. Probably you could never trust me anyway. I didn't finish Pokemon, that's the problem. It's not that I wouldn't want to do a review of it, so I haven't played enough of it because Pokemon was released last week and then this week Final Fantasy XV was released. So it's not like Nintendo and Square coordinated in order to drop two 40-odd hour RPGs on my lap expect me to be able to play both of them in a timely fashion because they're gigantic games. But nonetheless, a Pokemon review I'll try for next week might be the week after. It depends how engrossed I am with Final Fantasy. Fair warning, actually. I edited this podcast kind of while playing Final Fantasy. So if there are any odd edits, that that's probably why... But nonetheless, I think I think it was a good edit. We'll see. If it wasn't, get on to me on Twitter. Either way, this week's episode will feature a full review of Suicide Squad. Yes, Robbie is back for that review of Suicide Squad, which you can listen to with your ears right now. Welcome back to Podcast A Week, the final film, or at least the final film that's currently released. There's probably like 15 other films that are coming, but the final film that has been currently released in the DC Extended Universe, as I nearly trip over that bloody E again, <laughs> is The Suicide Squad, and joining me to talk about it once again is Robbie Fox. Robbie. What's going on? Not much, except Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is all, Suicide Squad is all that's going on. Yeah, I always feel like when I'm on a podcast, like, and the host throws to me to introduce... Always, I'm like, this time I'm going to think of an extravagant intro, and it's going to be not awkward when someone throws to me and I don't have anything to say. But every time I forget, and then I never have anything to say. It's like, panic, panic. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) So, we're the Suicide Squad released this year. (laughs) Terrible. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the last two podcasts we did. Bad movie that I like. I just... I can't dislike a DC movie. Well, I can, but like... Like Superman Returns. Like, I could definitely dislike that movie. But these movies are just, I don't know... Deadshot. It's basically Stockholm Syndrome, is it? They have you, and they will have you for life. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They don't have me like they have, like, the... The DC... EU... Cinematic subreddit whatever it's called reddit scares me i am subscribed to that subreddit simply because they baffle me like they are legitimately some of the most clueless insane people on the planet and they think that like they're almost they're almost similar to united states president elect donald trump and that they think like the media is so against them that it's like they, they, you know, the, we talked about the petition to get Ron to shut down. But I saw a post there the other day. It was like, uh, stop trying to convince people they're good movies. We all know they're the best superhero movies of the year. But, and it's like, oh no, you guys are very silly. <laughs> I, I never understand those people because it's like, why can't you just like what you like? <laughs> yeah, if other people don't like it, so what? Like, you like it. I like it. I come on these podcasts and I talk about how much I like these bad movies. But, like, I could also recognize that they're bad and I like them. I feel like one does not have to go hand in hand with the other. 
Yeah, human it's beings like, are irrational. We like bad things all the time. Yeah, I mean, look at... Am I going to get nuked for this next sentence? Look at President-elect Donald Trump. A lot of people like bad things. His second mention in three minutes. <laughs> well, you know what? This is Trump's America, Garrett. I'm living in it. It's the new future. Yeah, you're living in it. There's, I'm across the ocean. I'm safe. There's protests in the streets. They're going crazy. They're saying, they're saying Donald Trump, KKK, uh, sexist, racist, anti-gay. That's their chant as they march past my office in New York City. Some solid rhyme. Yeah. I think they stole it from a song. There's like some weird song that came out in like the 1980s and they were talking about someone else. But they just put in Donald Trump. It's kind of sad that it still applies like 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Very sad. It's like, oh, we have stock songs for people like him. <laughs> yeah. But on to something at least... A tad bit more joyful, I suppose. If you compare everything bad to Donald Trump, it's like, oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> that that should be uh, like a new basis in America. Should be like squad. not as bad you know, as Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the tagline for whatever the next DC movie is. What is it? Wonder Woman, I think, is the next one. Either uh, Wonder Woman or Justice League. I, I think Wonder Woman comes first. Yeah, because I know there's trailers for both out and. Big shocker. I think they both look really great. <laughs> I, I think the Justice League one looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Which is what people said about Suicide Squad. Well, people get mad at me for that. They might. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Yeah, Wonder Woman's coming first. Yeah, so put that on the tagline, Zack Snyder. Wonder Woman looks a lot like Captain America 1, which is like, good. That was a good movie. I really like Captain. You, you have I a like podcast. All Cap Go check it out. Me too. They're, he's my favorite Marvel superhero, so big fan. I think Cap 1 is really underrated. Okay, going, getting into this film, my first problem is something that happens before a scene even airs. Oh, God. Yeah. It's really quick. You know when they air the Warner Brothers... Starts off on a bad note for you. You know when they, they air the Warner Brothers Pictures logo? Yep. And Pictures is spelled with a Z. Oh, is it? I yeah. didn't even notice that. I feel like that is the, the spiritual embodiment of this film. <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. <laughs> now that you pointed that out, I, I don't love that. Yeah. It's it's just like, you know, it was trendy in 2001 and edgy, spelling words with a Z. I was just about to say, I was about to say, hey, that's like the epitome of like, you want to see edgy, you want to see... Jared Leto up to his antics. I think, yeah, before... Should we talk a little bit about that before we even get into the movie? Like the news stories that were coming out about Jared Leto, like before the movie even came out. Yeah, his method acting. Yeah, so he was apparently like the most insane method actor of all time, <laughs> and he like I think he had a pet rat or something, and he would just walk a pet rat around the studio leash, and he would send the cast. The, like the other cast members, like the head of a pig, they'll just open their door and it's like a pig's head with a note and it's like from the Joker. And Will, Will Smith was like, can somebody like not even deliver this to me? Like if just stop delivering packages from Jared Leto. <laughs> and it's it's a little ironic being that he was in this movie for about 10 minutes. Did you watch the extenders cut actually? Yeah. 
I watched. I've you know I've seen both. I, I saw the movie in theaters and then I watched the extended cut for the podcast. Because I haven't I haven't seen the theatrical version. I've only seen the extended cut. Is there that much more in the extended cut of Joker? Uh, there's one scene. Uh, uh, the scene where Joker and Harley are on the bridge, and Harley shoots the trucker. That's the only uh, Joker scene added. Which I feel like doesn't really add anything to the film at all. No, it doesn't. It, you know, with all of these extended cuts, I always have the same sense of like, was that in the movie or was it not in the movie? I have to really think about it because they never really add something crazy. But when Harley actually like pulls the gun out of his jacket and shoots him, I was like, oh, nope, definitely not in the movie because I didn't see that coming. But yeah, so Jared let it know. Totally insane. For his silly little clown. For no reason. (laughs) Yeah. So should we start? Should we start? I guess we did start it before a scene airs. You get like introductions to start the movie. With irksome logos. Maybe maybe the best part of the movie or the introductions. Oh, the first like 15 minutes. Yeah. Far and away. Like that's the only bit of the film I like. Those little character introductions, like, th- this film is loaded with licensed music, like, top to bottom, and the only time it actually works... Insane amount of licensed music. And, like, the-, the only time it actually works is in those character introductions? Um, yeah, I can't really argue with that. Because, yeah, for the, for the character introductions, it's like, oh, here here's uh, Will Smith, and here's... There's Joker and all these people, and like the the songs fit the characters, and they kind of say something about the characters. So you're like, okay, I, I'm I'm on board with this. And then the film falls off falls off a cliff, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of does. Um, so for for me, the ca- character introductions are probably the best part of the movie, especially Deadshots, because. Deadshot has been one of my favorite Batman and DC villains, like, forever. And seeing him on the big screen is, like, kind of insane. Because even in the era of we're getting superhero movies all the time since, like, since I was a kid, I never thought, like, Deadshot would become the focal point of a movie. He's a pretty deep cut, isn't he? He's so obscure. Yeah. And... They changed his origin definitely for this movie, but just seeing him with his daughter, which is obviously Deadshot, his one um, kind of main character trait is his daughter and his wife. Um, seeing him with his daughter and and Batman like playing a cameo, which is insane that Batman was the cameo in this movie, taking it down, and we see even Deadshot uh, like putting a hit on someone. And using the like bulletproof or bullet ricocheting panel to shoot someone at an angle. It's just so dead shot, it's awesome. I do wish so Will Smith I thought nailed it. I thought Will Smith and Margot Robbie like were absolutely the best parts of this movie by far. But I kind of wish they had someone less famous in the dead shot role, because that means he'd probably wear the mask more. The mask is really awesome. <laughs> You don't hire Will Smith to put him in a mask. Yeah, so that was like my one Deadshot complaint, but everything Deadshot I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Will Smith. A little less so on Margot Robbie. I think I well, it depends. On what? You you didn't like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn? 
I thought she was fine with like the the crazy stuff, but any time she tried to deliver a joke, I thought it felt super flat. Mm. I think the same way. Was, I think that, just that, because I felt like she played the character so well that when she was delivering a joke, she delivered it like so as Harley Quinn that I enjoyed it. Yeah, if that makes any sense. I think that's a problem with this film on a whole. I don't think any of the jokes land like literally ever. Oh really? I think a lot of them do. Because like one of the things, if even you, on the second watch, I, I thought I thought a lot of the jokes landed and were funny. Yeah, but if if you go back and listen to the, the last couple, if if listeners are so kind as to do it about Batman and Man of Steel, I actually really like the light parts of those films. And I thought that, like you know when they tried to be funny, they were funny. Whereas when this tried to be mm-hmm. funny, it just felt like the, the most like obvious joke you could possibly go for. Like when you know the guy who has his head blown off to just establish that you know they could actually die. Yep, Slipknot. Yeah, and they cut to Harley Quinn, and she's like, talk about a killer app! And my head just falls into my hands, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Was, did your head Slipknot? <laughs> oh. And, like, that... Yeah, but that's, like, I don't know, that's, like, that's such a Harley Quinn joke. That I was kind of like, yeah, she would totally say that in the animated series. Okay, if you're into bad jokes, then fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even say I'm into bad jokes. So I think maybe I think the funniest moment in this movie is when and they start to assemble the squad and we're skipping ahead a little bit, but they start to assemble the squad and Deadshot is you know brought out in front of this table full of guns and he immediately grabs one, loads it and aims it at the officer that he doesn't like. And everyone kind of loses their minds, and Deadshot's like, uh, you file down this part of the gun, and there's no bullets in this gun. If I fire it, nothing's going to happen. And everyone's like, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then he fires in the air and realizes this is a loaded gun, and he's like, oh my god, you guys are insane. <laughs> and like, I thought that like landed so well. Like that That's a laugh-out-loud funny moment in this movie. I, I think that landed the best. Uh, the Will Smith comedy, I think all of the Will Smith comedy landed the best, because he's... He's Will Smith. He's very good at comedy. He's very good at most things. He's Will Smith. So yeah, that's the premise of this film. So is yeah, they they establish the, these characters with their very good introduction videos. Those little little like character vignettes. In Boomerangs, we get an awesome cameo from. I mean, it's it's awesome in the sense that it's cool to see the character. It's not anything special, but the Flash shows up and kind of takes down. I, I actually Flash had a problem with that. What was your problem with it? Well, they established that Batman and the Flash are in this film, and then the world is ending, and where are the Batman and the Flash? <laughs> That's a good point. It's just like Batman's it's like, it's... Asher, it's Midway City or whatever. Midway City, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Midway City. It's not Gotham. Yeah, I'll I guess if it's not. Out. Yeah, and the Flash was, I mean, the Flash kind of doesn't have an excuse to sit things out. <laughs> cause no. no, he doesn't. He's the Flash. <laughs> You can be show anywhere up. in the world in a second. We get all those, and then Amanda Amanda Waller has a dinner scene with like United States corporals or something. Yes, one of them I played think. by a fellow who was in the newsroom. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, what's his name? We got the oh. newsroom a lot on these DC uh, podcasts. I know exactly what you're talking about now, and you know what's funny? I was watching the movie, and the whole time, I, like the first time, I didn't. I don't remember if I thought this, but on the rewatch, I kept saying, he looks really familiar. David Harbour is in the newsroom. Yeah. 
By the way, Amanda Mahler played by the the very very good Viola Davis. Yeah, no, she was great. She was she was absolutely like you don't want to mess with her in this movie because no, the don't. entire movie she is kind of uh, to take uh, another word out of DC's verbiage, two faced. See what I did there? Oh, subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Waller explains to them a plan to assemble a team full of bad guys. Big shocker based on if, if you've been living under a rock and don't know what this is about because all of their established like these guys are the bad guys, but they're really the heroes. And she she tells them and they're like, oh, we don't know about this. And she tells them about one final person, uh, a witch called the Huntress. And she has taken over the body of a doctor. And then they cut to like an actual U.S. military meeting at the Pentagon where she's brought the the doctor who you know has like a witch possessing her. And they the actual scene where the Huntress first comes, I think, is pretty pretty well done in the CGI and just the kind of way she she puts her hand out. You see another like dark mystic hand grab it, and she just turns into the Huntress. That was that was a, that was an awesome effect, it, all right. It's just like, ooh, yeah, yeah, it was that, really that's cool. cool. That's just cool. Yeah, so that happens, and then everyone's like, oh, you turned our meeting into a magic show, huh? And she sends Huntress to get some military uh, secret binder that they've been trying to get for years that was in China or something crazy like that. And then they're like, all right, I guess we'll fund this. I like the way they're, they're not even phased by this either. It's like a magical witch woman appears in front of their eyes. It's like... Magic. Yeah, it was like there was like one girl like did the uh, father, son, and the Holy Spirit taunt, um, and that was it. I was they were just like they were just like, what did you turn our meeting into a magic show? Witch <laughs> appearing in front of you. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a cool scene, and they also establish that so um, Rick Flag of DC Comics fame Played by is a yep is like. Did you see that remake? Uh, it's it's okay. I, I didn't see the remake. Um, he's he's basically SEAL Team Six, best of the best military. She puts him on the on the. Uh, I don't know the name of the actual doctor that Enchantress um, takes over, but we'll keep calling her Enchantress. He, she puts him on, on the Enchantress case with hopes that they fall in love, and they do. So now he like his heart's in it. He's got personal interests in this case. I mean, you know, he's not a fan of them keeping keeping her enchantress just because. And Amanda Waller has, like, her heart in a box. It's <laughs> kind of hokey. And she's, like, stabbing her, her heart with a toothpick whenever <laughs> she wants to, like, annoy her. <laughs> that, that, I think that is my favorite scene in this film, when the enchantress goes rogue and she just turns around and just starts stabbing the heart. Yeah. Like, <laughs> starts die, stabbing die. it with, like, a, like a kebab. Um... I would, I would like if there's a run movie, it was like she always needed something handy to stab it with. So she was always like, she was at a party and she had to grab a toothpick. And then she was at a different party and she had to grab a kebab. And then it was like just silly, sharp things in the area. Starts dropping paperweights on it. Yeah. <laughs> she gets like a paperclip. She's in an office scene. She's like, it's not going through. It's a paperclip. Um, this is a mild inconvenience. 
Uh, and then like out of nowhere, this guy's just at a subway station, and he starts puking up like <laughs> enchantress type stuff. So like this is where the movie uh, uh, starts to not be good. It, it kind of goes off the rails. Like, it's when, when the villain is introduced because so Marvel movies. Have you and Barry talked about? Um, I haven't listened to all of your your Marvel reviews, but the fact that Marvel often has kind of not great villains. Yeah, it's a reoccurring theme. So Marvel, though, the the villains are always like, ah, that wasn't a great villain, like super forgettable. I just saw Doctor Strange, and not to not to step all over you and Barry, but I just saw Doctor Strange, and the the villain was like super forgettable. And I said my friend afterwards, I, I was like, yeah, I kind of got the Marvel villain problem, huh? And he was like, oh, come on, he was awesome. And I was like, what was his name? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, well, there you go. Like, you know, we the movie ended two minutes ago, and you don't remember his name. I couldn't tell you his name to this point. Um, but I feel like the villains are never actively bad in Marvel movies. It's just kind of very for the most part by the numbers. Yeah, they're just yeah they're just there. This villain is actively horrendous. Yes, yes, it, it really is. Especially how they're introduced. It's just like this is the villain now. Yeah, and it's so rushed, and kind of the pacing of this movie. It's like another thing. I feel like Man of Steel didn't have such an issue with pacing. Like Suicide Squad and Man of or uh, Batman vs Superman had. Do you feel that way? Man of Steel made kind of more structural sense. Yeah, this film is just—it doesn't have a structure. It really it def- it defies any logical structure. Yeah, we talked about it in our last podcast, and it's like it's the same thing with this one. It's just all over the place. Like it's just cutting to random things and. So it's like they cut to a subway station, and I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a CGI mess just starts killing everyone. Yeah. It's like a, it looks like an octopus arm, kind of, but it like could stab people. It's it's strange. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of made out of ink almost. Yeah, it's it's really messed up, man. It's, it's – <laughs> he starts like – and then basically, who's the uh, who's the Fantastic Four villain that like this villain kind of looks like? Doctor Doom. It's not Doctor Doom. No, not no, not Doctor Doom. You know, it's like uh, uh, I feel like it's something with a G. So there's so there's a fan. This is great radio. The Fantastic Four villain. He's Galactus? like pink and purple. Yeah, Galactus. This villain looks like a terrible knockoff Galactus action figure was like left in the mud for like <laughs> ever, and then someone found it and it didn't have an arm, so they put like different action figures arms onto it or something <laughs> and then like they're like sid would grade in toy story yeah and then they give it to their kid and they're like look it's a suicide squad villain <laughs> it's like oh yay it's a terrible villain we find out it's um enchantress's brother from another dimension and they're all in this together see what i did there that was like a high school musical joke i'm i'm always on board for high school musical <laughs> jokes my head is in that game at all times. There you go. So he does something to her. To um, I've seen the movie twice, like really recently. He does something to her and makes her invincible or something. I think the like idea that. is he's sharing his power with her. 
So, he said, so like, Amanda Waller can't like stab her in the heart and hurt her. Yeah, basically. So, so like he he's splitting his power with her so that she's no longer vulnerable. Yeah, that's that's the, is... the impression I got, though it it is not very clear. No, it's it's not, and they also okay. So they also speak in a different language. They have like weird s- subtitle font. The, the font they used for subtitles is is very awkward. I'm surprised they didn't um, use like the that jagged psychedelic stuff they used for the marketing. <laughs> that would have been that would have been kind of bad. Um, but actually, the actual thing they used was bad, so couldn't have been much worse. And Kara, Vin, Kara, uh, Delavine. What's her name? Kara Delavine. Delavine. She's a horrible actress. She, she's she horrible an actress i think actress is being generous to her <laughs> yeah it is she she's a victoria's secret model right is like her shoot job yeah she has she has very little experience in major roles she is just quite attractive yeah so i saw her in uh paper towns which Don't is get a film on me i liked watching, even uh, though she's not very good in it Look. yeah no she's terrible in it it's it's an okay movie it's i would actually go as far as saying it's a pretty good movie um, she's really bad in it, and then they booked her in this, and she's terrible in it. She's, like, ungodly bad. And she speaks in this weird language and does, like, a belly dance the whole time. It's like, I don't know, she sounds like Jabba the Hutt or something. Yeah, and just the skip before, a little toward the end of the film, when she's, like, doing her big monologues in this deep voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she sounds like the, the um, who's homeboy from Legends of the Hidden Temple. Like, big face in the wall? Yeah. I, I, I thought she like. sounded like she was doing her best Kate Blanchett impression from Lord of the Rings. I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Oh, I saw him a while ago. I hate them all. You hate them? Yeah. yeah terrible movies. Ugh. That, that, the, the, okay, give me a second. I'm, I'm just going to rock back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hate the Lord of the Rings movies. Why? What, what's wrong with the Lord of the Rings films? It, Except it, that they're very, very long. It's great. Man. I'm going to borrow a line from Clerks too, but it's three movies about walking. <laughs> Just walk. It's very scenic walking. Yeah, I know, but like, I don't need to watch some people walk for four hours each movie. But it's in New Zealand. It looks very nice. I can't deny that, but so does Flight of the Concords, and that's the show that I'd rather watch. Well, you can watch both. <laughs> no, you can't, because once you're done with Lord of the Rings, that's your time on Earth. That is true, especially if you watch the extended editions, because the thing that those films lacked was another hour of footage. Yeah, definitely will ne- never watch the extended versions ever. I but let's talk about a good movie in Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> I was—I couldn't even keep it straight face when I said that. I'm because just going to hang just... up on the Skype call. Assemble <laughs> <laughs> they—they I guess give all the suit their their old clothes back because. There was apparently a necessary scene where Margot Robbie had to be in a bra and put her shirt on, because that's the whole point of the entire scene. Well, yeah, gotta get the fan service in there. Like, so it made made a lot of sense for certain people, like Boomerang, like give him his Boomerang, Deadshot, give him a bunch of guns, probably give him his tactical gear because he's got the, the, you know, eye scope. He needs that. He needs the wrist rockets. He needs all. Who else? Killer Croc didn't. He honestly doesn't need any of his. Uh, uh, suede hoodies and then Harley Quinn is like 
I guess you could give her her special gun that is kind of cool and her hammer or her bat. But you're going on a suicide mission. Did you need to give her her bikini bottoms and tank top and makeup? Probably not. Well, you know, you want to make her feel at home. You know, she's 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 going to battle a horde of what are basically zombies. So, you know, got to feel comfortable in her own skin. Yeah, fair. And then there's a subplot going on uh, where Harley, you see that she has a phone. And she's texting the Joker the whole time. Which, how do you feel about this subplot of the Joker coming to get Harley? I would have preferred if the Joker wasn't in this film at all. I, like, loved the side plot of them texting back and forth. And maybe that's just because I'm, like, such a Batman in the Animated Series fan. But every time that, like, Harley would look at her phone and it's a text from the Joker and it's like, I'm coming to get you. I was like, oh, man, that, that's awesome. By the way, the, the way I, I taught tutorials in college once. And when you're up in front of a classroom and you see people looking at their phones and they think it's, like, they're being really, like, discreet and, and you know, hiding it. And as, as obvious as day... Uh, Harley Quinn, exact same way as looking at the phone. <laughs> you just made me. You just made me like. You just gave me anxiety about looking at my phone in classes. Yeah, and all of my pro- I, I didn't professors care, knowing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obvious. It's blatant. <laughs> what else would Damn. you be looking at in your lap? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good point, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> my crotch is particularly uh, interesting today. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say. I don't know my crotch. Like, <laughs> just checking it out. Um. <laughs> So that's going on. There's something else going on. Oh, so you get like Harley Quinn's kind of full backstory of her being Harleen Quinzel, and she's the Joker's psychiatrist at Arkham, and she falls in love with him, and I thought those scenes were all well done, and Margot Robbie as Harleen Quinzel, my God, and Jared Leto as the Joker is a completely different take on the character. Like, almost so much so that it's hard to compare him to the other Jokers because no other Joker was playing a mob boss nightclub owner with a grill and tattoos. But ultimately, I liked his portrayal. Yeah, he didn't do anything for me. Even if it was, even if it was, like, every other Joker you could, like, get something from, like, I think my Joker ratings would go Heath Ledger, Mark Hamill, Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson. Oh, poor Jack down the end. Yeah, he, and he's good, he's great, but like, I don't know, I grew up on 1966 Batman, like that's all I watched as a kid, like old VHS tapes of that, and then Mark Hamill is the voice of the Joker, like always in my mind. Heath Ledger killed it, and then Jared Leto is just so different from all of them it's like I, I don't know man you're you're doing the Heath Ledger voice you look the most like Jack Nicholson I guess sort of yeah kinda like if if I if I had to pick one you're not in this movie much you dress like an idiot <laughs> you don't even really dress like the Joker just wearing like shiny silver suits not he's got a sweet car suits either. You gotta give him that. He's got a sweet car. 
He does. Sweet car that he crashes into to a river and vanishes. There's your magic show. The world's greatest detective, Batman, can't find him. Doesn't even look either. Under it's a like, river that he just crashed into. Yeah. Where is he? Oh, well. There was also, I don't know if you remember this, or I don't know if uh, there was Irish controversy, but there was definitely some American controversy over that scene after the movie came out. Because, uh, so, the Joker, if you haven't seen the movie, which, if you haven't seen the movie, I don't know why you listen to these, you're getting the whole thing spoiled. But the Joker uh, and Harley are in the car. Batman's on the roof of it trying to stop them from driving. And Joker crashes it in to a river or a lake or an ocean or something like that. They Batman swims to the bottom, like looks like she's passed out. She tries to stab him. She's fake. And Batman just clocks her right in the face. <laughs> he does. In my theater, in my he theater that got a huge laugh. Like, Dush. Yeah. yeah, that got a huge laugh in my theater. Like maybe the biggest laugh of the whole movie. <laughs> And there's definitely controversy over, like, I think they played that as a comedic beat. And maybe, like, the domestic violence shouldn't be played that way. But in my mind, it's like, I don't know, she tried to stab him. And then he tried to save her life when she brought her up. He did CPR. The the DC Extended Universe is pro-intergender matches. <laughs> Very pro-intergender matches. And they got Wonder Woman leading the cause. Just Batman indiscriminately punching women in the face. Yeah, so ever, as I'm like going through this movie in my head, I'm like, oh, and this part is like kind of worse than the last part, and then this part is kind of worse than the last part. But they they go into um, what was the city? Mid Midtown? Uh, Midway, I believe. Was Midway, it Midtown or yeah. Midway? They go into Midway, I think, because it's the Mortal Kombat thing. Yeah. They Midway go into Midway in fact, City. Video game, by the way. A horrible video game. It's not hard. It's fine. It's very horrible. This is this is me with the DCEU. Is you with the Midway Impact game? Yeah. Um, they go in to the city. Oh, and and Slipknot and Katana are introduced. They're like I don't know, scragglers of the Suicide Squad. Because this film did Katana's not have enough not. characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them is gone quick because the helicopter crashes for no reason at all. Like, it could have landed and could have continued the exact same way because nobody's hurt or injured at all from the helicopter crash. And it's it shot down, nothing, isn't but... it? Yeah, I think so. Did, did they ever explain who shot it down? Uh, no, I think we're supposed to assume it was, like... I don't know. I, th- I assumed it was, like, Joker, Car- and then they they never went back there, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, someone they really never went back to is the, the prison guard that we talked about that had dead shot like aimed a gun at yeah like they kind of made him a thing and then he was just never brought up again he was like a, very a, strange an early comic relief character and it's just like okay you're gone now bye yeah and he, he even had a scene with the joker where he was at the joker's nightclub and they were like you're gonna pay for you know whatever and then the joker was like you're gonna help me break harley out and then he just didn't yeah he failed clearly he's just not very good <laughs> so it was also established that Amanda Waller put like stuff in their neck, like a bomb in each one of their necks. Yes. And they know about this, and there's an app on the phone that could, you know, kill them. So, like we said before, Slipknot dies immediately because the fool tried to get away. Mm-hmm. They press the button, it blows up his neck, 
and uh, he's dead. And then they were all like, all right, I guess we gotta, I guess we gotta listen to the rules now. This film should, by the way, be called Homicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. Huh. Because they're not committing suicide, they're being murdered. And they're committing homicides as well. Yeah. There is no well, suicide kind, in kind this of film. Homicides. I don't know if you would consider them homicides, because not a ton of humans. I guess a ton of humans were killed, actually. They're, they're, they used to be humans. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, 100% they, they used to be about that one either. So they, they go and they like... <laughs> There's just a bunch of, like, rock zombies hanging around. And we get our first scene of... First true, true crazy action scene. This is... So I, I told Garrett before we started recording, I watched this movie with my mom. And during this during this scene, my mom turned to me and said something very true. She said, It's so dark, I can't tell what's happening. You can't tell what's happening in the in the zombie scene very much because it is literally so dark you can't see anything. No. Which this movie was kind of promoted as like the lighthearted, not so dark movie of the DCEU, which compared to the other two it is, but what yeah, kind of is. Said, it, was all, it was promoted using all those like bright psychedelic colors and it's the same old dark, gritty film. Yeah. Well, there's, there's not much grit there in fairness, but it is very dark. Yeah, not a lot of grit, but super dark. And then you kind of see Deadshot show what he's got, which is awesome. Just lights up a bunch of zombies on the top of a police car. He's Class. pretty cool. Dick Deadshot. This, this film descends into a weird kind of zombie film. Yeah, no, it's it's so weird. Like, I feel like with this cast and even, like, almost, I want to say with the writing team they had, there's such a good movie in this movie that they just didn't make just the villains are so bad it's unreal make the joker the villain that would work then the joker would have a reason to be in the film yeah make the joker the villain and you could do the harley quinn doesn't know what to do and i i don't care what you do with it just don't make the villain like a big cgi mess which is what it is so they fight a bunch of zombies. The whole movie. They're fighting zombies. They're in like office buildings. Diablo, who we didn't even mention, is like lighting everything on fire. Um, and then they find out they were like going to save Amanda Waller. And that pissed them off. Kind Actually, of. This scene confused me twice. Yeah, there's, there's a whole thing that confuses me in this. Because like at that stage of the film, a big reveal is that they didn't know they were going to kill the Enchantress. Yeah. They were being forced to do it against their will. They were going to be murdered if they didn't. Why didn't they just tell them? Yeah. It's not I, like they couldn't have went. They were freaking being threatened with splody necks. Maybe maybe they were worried, like, before... At, no, yeah, I'm, I can't even rationalize it. It's, it doesn't make any sense. They wanted to keep morale up, did they? Especially, like... Yeah, especially Rick Flair. Like, making excuses, like, oh, yeah, to... They see the city from the helicopters. They're flying in, and there's obviously a big beam lighting into the sky because that's what happens in superhero movies. And they're it's blue but, as well. It always has to be blue. Like, that's a rule. Oh, it's blue. Yeah. And they're like, "What is that?" And he's like, "Terrorists." <laughs> 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 Which I don't even know if that was supposed to be a funny moment in the movie. I don't think it was, but it is a funny movie. 
because it's just like he was like terrorists they're shooting everyone with AKs it's like no we 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 were asking about the, the huge beam into the sky <laughs> he's like oh yeah big big AK um so like Amanda Waller kills people then for I I don't understand why because she's I guess uh, the classic like badass I suppose she just does what she likes I think it was the classic like you know too much boom which is like such a movie cliche it's work a way around that so like I don't know Amanda Waller is not a good person and if you read the Suicide Squad comics you know she is not a good person they don't act like she's a good person she kills people in those comics the way she killed people in this movie just made her like super unlikable in a way that you're like you're still assembling this squad to like save the world but you're a terrible person so am I supposed to like you? Am I not supposed to like you? Is there anybody you're really supposed to like? I suppose Will Smith's character like like Deadshot is the only character yeah, that's kind of like you know like him he, he's pretty good Killer Croc just cause he's like a big lovable idiot yeah he reminds me of uh, Batista's character from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, kind of. And I think this was supposed to be their Guardians of, like, DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. Not quite. I, I, I don't think it's not. It, it's quite been received as well as Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> not quite. Nor did it use music nearly as well. Mm-mm. No. Um, and at least in Guardians of the Galaxy, they had an excuse for all, all of those songs like they played a part in the movie he had a mixtape informed the backstory of a character yeah whereas here's just let's play an Eminem song because why not (laughs) I do like that Eminem song though so I was was okay for the most part they play Um, good songs it's just like yeah yeah they're you know yeah that's that's the deal it's like they're good songs but it's just like oh that's another song isn't it um and maybe that was posts when they put the trailer out and everyone was like whoa this is really funny and lighthearted and they used uh bohemian rhapsody and this is going to be like guardians of the galaxy and then they went under like million hundreds of millions of dollars worth of reshoots or something and they were like maybe they were like just loaded with songs songs like just go on the itunes top all-time charts and buy all of them we're going to use them all they fight zombies the whole movie and then the joker's trying to get harley quinn and then he does get Harley Quinn in a helicopter, and then Deadshot, like, they do a false finish where Deadshot kills her yeah, for leaving, but he didn't actually try to shoot her because he never misses a shot. She's okay, but the helicopter goes down, and she's okay because Joker pushed her out, right? Did Joker push her or something? I, I think so. I think, yeah. I, th- I think the Joker pushed her out of the helicopter, and then she's fine. She thinks he's dead as far as we are in this movie. He is dead, but like, come on. We this is this is another Marvel thing where Marvel will false finish, kill characters, and it's like, come on, Marvel. Um, this one felt especially cheap because of how little a role he played in the film. Yeah, there's no reason to like even care if he did die. No, it's just like he's just there, and now he's not there, and he's dead, and we all know he's not dead. So who cares? Yeah. So then. 
what what actually makes them go to the bar? So there was a reveal or something? Yeah, he 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 tells them then that it's in Tranchester after all along. So they're like, screw this. Yeah. So that's the that's the reveal. And they go into this bar and they there's a good I, I think it's a good scene. Are you a fan of the, the bar they, scene? They actually flesh out characters for the first time in like, I don't know, ninety minutes in this film, so I'm I'm pleased with it, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a great scene in the movie. They they give us Diablo's backstory, which is some some real life stuff. He he murdered his wife and kids because he couldn't control his firepower. Yeah, he totally blew them up. And he got he got yeah, he got angry at his wife for telling him to stop being like a gangster or a thug. Which or, is fair. What's what's the what's the word that they call him in this movie? An essay? A Sp- I don't know. He's like in a Spanish gang. And they, they kept calling him, like, whatever the word for that is. And it kept being like, no, we understand. He, he was in a Spanish gang. Like, <laughs> we get it, guys. I don't have to keep going back to it. But they reveal that. Some deep stuff going on. And then they're like, you know what? Let's do it. And the movie really goes downhill. So, like, all of that bad stuff we talked about, I... I was still on board until after the bar scene. Yeah. After the bar scene, this movie is an absolute mess that is not enjoyable. No. (laughs) What what really struck me was, like, how little I cared about it. Like, (laughs) after that, they do these, like, big action set pieces and these, these, what are supposed to be, like, be really tense and dramatic moments and are just like, I, I, I don't care about any of this. Yeah, it's it's hard to because you're never given any reason to, but it's like it's so bad. And yeah, you you have Cara Delevingne because they show up to where where the enchantress and her her brother pal are just hanging around. Yeah, and they they plan on on blowing them up with an underground bomb that Killer Croc goes to plant. Which even even before that, so they kind of flesh out Katana. When she's she's talking to her sword, which captures the soul of, of whoever uh, whoever it kills, yeah. and they reveal that sword killed her husband, and his soul is in that, and that's why she uses it. And she's talking to the sword, crying, saying like, "If I don't make it out, I'll be with you. It'll be okay." And it's like, well, you just made her a kind of sympathetic character. Like, why didn't we care about her until there's five minutes left in this movie? And then she basically does nothing for the rest. Yeah, no, I can't. I couldn't. I just watched this movie the other day, and I couldn't tell you anything she does after that. So oh wait, they, they wait, go wait to... I told a lie earlier. What's the lie? I said no one commits suicide in this film. The the random oh yeah, the that random is soldier guy that sets off the bomb. He commits suicide. Yeah. So he is the Suicide Squad. <laughs> He's the squad. He's squad goals. Um. So yeah, continue with where you were going. They they go to where um, Enchantress and her brother are just chilling. Yeah. They're they're just standing there as well. They're just standing in front of their giant blue laser beam, admiring their their handiwork. Yep. <laughs> and then we, we get that that scene where they try to tempt them with things from their past. Or no, not things from their past. Things like how they wish their lives were. I think it is. Yeah, and it's just like because Harley and Joker have that scene, which I thought was um, kind of cleverly like. I don't even. I wouldn't call it cleverly used because it wasn't cleverly used in this movie, but. It kind of, like, if it was a different villain, it would be like, oh, that's kind of neat. 
but this villain was just so horrendous that it was like, oh, look at that. The Joker wishes, or Harley wishes that she was a normal person with the Joker. They, they do that thing where it's like, oh, I want to show you your ideal life. And then they snap out of it all in the space of about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it's and they like, do another like, tease at the end with Deadshot, like maybe not snapping out of it, but it's like, you just, you just did this where he snapped out of it a second ago. He's fine. So they they do the worst fight scenes with like the score king where it's an absolute CGI mess. Diablo turning into a fire tiki god and fighting Enchantress's Galactus brother. <laughs> it's, I, I actually it's have a terrible theory. Garrett. I have a theory that you know the way the whole film like Diablo was like, I don't want to use my powers. Yeah. I feel like that was written exclusively because they knew how bad the CGI was. Oh, maybe. That's <laughs> that's like, stay woke on that. So it's just like, we'll hide it. We'll hide it till the very end when we, we absolutely have to. But they didn't have to, and they still did. I don't, I don't, the CGI was so bad, and I don't know how it was so bad. Like, Jurassic Park came out in like 1993, and the CGI was awesome. This film cost $175 million to make. You had the money, guys. Oh my god, they should have just gave me that money. I would take so I wouldn't have done anything with it. I'd probably make a better film, too. I wouldn't have done anything with it. No, I wouldn't eat. I just spared everyone. (laughs) I have done you a public service for this money. (laughs) Yeah, like, you'll never know what I did for this city, but that would be my my superhero thing. It's like, haven't given them anything. Not yet. It's like, that's me. The city doesn't know how, how much good I did for them, but I really did. So they do a big CGI fight. Um, the the Diablo character dies, right? He He's kind of commits suicide by using his powers too much. Yeah, he explodes himself. Like he exploded his family. He expo- Yeah, he explodes himself and Galactus. But the beam is still in the sky and there's you know a few minutes till the world ends yeah we which have a, can we have a good five stop minutes of Cara making, doing her her echoey voice can we stop making superhero movies where everyone is if you don't do this the world will end because well, like stop that's why i liked ant-man it's just two lads fighting in a train set yeah it's like ant-man is great like deadpool is great in that aspect like um some of the X-Men movies that are more focused on outlawing the X-Men or uh, the Dark Knight. Like, the world wasn't going to end. People were just getting murdered. And that's enough to have character motivation for a superhero. I, I just do self-contained stories where the world does not have to end. Because if you make a movie, any movie, where the ending is, if this doesn't happen, the world will end... We know what the ending is. Yeah. So stop it. Make us care about the the superheroes, and that's all you have to care about. Like, if you make likable characters as the main character, that's enough. Like, <laughs> we don't have to have the whole world folk like on our minds. Like, oh no, if if, if Margot Robbie doesn't stop Gypsy Goddess from lighting up blue in Midway City, Uncle Tony's gonna die. <laughs> no, stop it. 
I think the problem with that is like literally nearly every single superhero of these days is a superhero against their own will. Like all of them are kind of, yeah. Oh, I, I'm doing this, but I'm only doing this because, you know, it's the right thing to do, I suppose. <laughs> or is yeah. that, that's the reason I like Cap. Cap is at least, oh, I want to help people, you know, help people out. Yeah, exactly. And that's awesome. Like that's even like kind of Ant-Man, kind of like towards Civil War-ish. Kind of. Yeah, he's just like, I'll show up and do some good. Why not? <laughs> yeah, and he he has fun. It's fun to have fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet that at Zack Snyder. <laughs> at Zack, I'm a fan of these movies. You know, I'm a fan of these movies. I've I've come on this podcast and I've defended these movies. At Zack Snyder, let me put a period before his name so everyone could see this. It's fun to have fun. That there there you go. So I just. Maybe, maybe uh, you'll probably maybe, be blocked in like five minutes. <laughs> I'll be blocked, but maybe he'll see that, and maybe he'll have a revelation, and he'll see. I just almost stumbled over my words, like he stumbled over his movies, well, hey. and <laughs> and maybe he'll say, "You know what? This kid's right. Maybe I should make some fun movies from here on out." Oh, we didn't even get to the ending. Uh, someone like throws a bomb at at Cara Delevingne, and then Deadshot wants to shoot it, but he's like. I don't know if I should shoot it because my daughter's in front of me. I don't know if I could snap out of this like I did a few seconds ago. <laughs> he does snap out of it again for the second and time. Th- that it's like super slow motion, dramatic music. You would like hear the yeah. heartbeat and everything. Will he shoot the bomb? It's like, what if he didn't shoot the bomb? Would it not go off at any point? Come on. And his, so, his real daughter would die. I guess. So he shoots the bomb. Obviously, it blows up, but. Enchantress is fine. Just, just the bomb blew up. And you realize how many like times the Suicide Squad had to win in this movie? Like they do like the big like, whoa, we beat her brother. Whoa, we beat the bomb. Um, whoa, we beat her. Whoa, we got one over Amanda Waller. It's like, no, we get it. We get it. They won at the end. We understand that. So who, who can I – I keep putting the blame on Zack Snyder, but it's not really his fault, I don't think, because he didn't have too much to do with this movie. Yeah, David Ayer directed and wrote it, so it's all his fault. Yeah, 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 David Ayer. Um, <laughs> then uh, Rick Flagg is like, I don't know what I should do because I love Enchantress, but I'm holding her heart, which kind of looks like, like a little piece of hay. And Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <laughs> like did, did the props department run out of money at the end? I have no idea because we got, like, I mean, the original heart prop was cool. It looked like a green, like, black, like, actual human heart. Towards the end, it looked like a few popsicle sticks. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to break them. <laughs> Your ice cream and he kind of just squeezes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, he does, he squeezes it, and he's like, can't believe I just killed the love of my life. And then it like awkwardly twitches and it's like, oh my god. Guys, we get it. <laughs> they won. On all on all levels, they won. And she's okay and she peels off this disgusting tar and she's fine. And then they kiss right away and the only thing I could think of is like, ew, what does that taste like? <laughs> um <laughs> Tastes like She's, victory, and, Okay, they, like they, victory. Also, they also have an exchange that is t- terrible. 
So I remember. Please just remember, I said that I liked this movie. Yeah. Um, and I said that it was a better movie than all of the Lord of the Rings movies, and that I'll stand by that. But <laughs> they have an exchange where he's like, "I thought I killed you," and she goes, "I thought I killed you." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not exaggerating. That is word for word what they say. And that's the funniest moment in this movie. <laughs> uh. And then they, they won. And the movie ends on that note. And the credits roll. Just kidding. Amanda Waller comes out and she's like... I'm not, not dead, bitches. She's like, she's like, we're not done yet. And she she's holding her killer app. And uh, she... Oh, oh, oh so that, that something reminds me actually. That, earlier in the film... Others me. Earlier in the film, when Amanda Waller is being tortured by Enchantress, there's this fantastic shot of her like being held upside down, going like naked faces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is delightful. And the, the, this scene bothers me because Amanda Waller like walks onto you know the, the platform they they were all on or whatever they were in, and she's holding the phone like up so they could see it. All of her fingers are on the on the screen. So like, did they? They're all dead. Why didn't? They all die. The, the touchscreen dynamics of this movie bothered me. But she she was like, I don't know, she was trying to kill him still. And they were like, the hell you mean? And she was like, I'll kill you all. <laughs> and Will Smith has a meta moment where he's like, how are you not dead? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way she's fine as well. She just strolls on out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like not a scrap on her she's still in her in her like hillary clinton suit jacket it's it's unbelievable and she's they're like so what we did all this for nothing and she's like no you did it for 10 years off your prison sentence and will smith is like i want to see my daughter boomerang is like i have a triple life sentence the hell and she just looks at him and that, that was an exchange and then killer croc was like i won't want bb and Harley Quinn wants a cappuccino machine. Uh, and they all get what they want. And they they cut to they have like a another top top ten hit song to close the movie. I don't remember which one it was. Was it Bohemian Rhapsody? Did they close it with that one? I think it was Bohemian Rhapsody at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, so it definitely was. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was, yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Um <laughs> They, you know, show Killer Croc watching BT in a cell, Harley Quinn making cappuccino, and then, boom, big explosion in the wall. Kool-Aid man walks in, takes his mask off. It's the Joker, and he's like, let's go home, and then credits. And then the after-credits scene, Tony Stark shows up, and he says, Amanda Waller, I'm assembling a team. And then, Pretty sure it's Bruce Wayne. Tony Stark is a different universe. <laughs> I know. No, but it was. I mean, it might as well have been the first, uh, first like Avengers Assemble after credits where Tony Stark is like, "I'm, I'm building a team." Yeah, Phil Coulson's just popping his head in, going, "Hey guys." Yeah, yeah. It was just like, I don't know. It, it was, it was interesting because I, I, I'm a big Ben Affleck fan and a big Batman fan, big DC fan. Love the Justice League. It's like she hands him a folder with files on Aquaman and the Flash and Enchantress. And he's like, get rid of your team. Me and my friends will handle it. He's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> also, didn't he already have all of that and, information from Lex Luthor? Yeah, he, I don't know why he needed like the pr- 
printouts of what Lex Luthor emailed him. Yeah. Probably didn't stole. have his good logos either. Yeah, probably not. Just kind of nuts. This this movie's kind of nuts, Garrett. It's 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 really not a good film. It's not a good film at all. It made lots of money. Good for good for Warner Brothers, but yeah. Was it, was it like a success box office? Yeah, this film was made for for $175 million, and it made $745 million. So, you know. Wow. Wow. I wonder how much they spent. Um, I bet a lot of the budget was the soundtrack. And I'd imagine marketing as well. They marketed the hell out of this thing. Yeah. Good marketing, I would say. Probably that's why it made so much money. Yeah. Because marketing was different. It stood out. Same with, like, it, it, it was like Deadpool earlier this year as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like Batman versus Superman marketing was like pretty terrible. Like that literally turned people off of the film. You would have been better had you not marketed it. Yeah, it would have been much better if you just released like that look like like a UFC face-off image of Batman and Superman looking at each other. Yeah. Like just release that. Don't release any trailers. Don't release anything else. Don't say anything about the movie. Don't send Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill out on a media tour after the movie's out so people could be like what do you have to say about most critics calling this the worst movie of all time and Ben Affleck just looks very sad <laughs> he's like this was supposed to be redemption for Daredevil and it's not and like he, he had to rewrite some of that script didn't he Ben Affleck yeah that was the rumor that he, he touched up some of the Batman vs Superman scripts to make it like better <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that, but I, I believe it because he, he probably just retouched all of his scenes because, like we talked about, he was very good as Batman. He's just so like, God put myself right? over. It was like so. Yeah, it's like when you do a group project and the people in your group are terrible, but you're like, let me make all of the stuff I do noticeably better, so people know this was not my fault. <laughs> oh, Suicide Squad. It's it's probably not as bad as people make it out to be, or maybe it's worse than people make it out to be. No, I. No, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be because it's Rotten Tomato score is like a 20 or something like ridiculously low. And I would still prefer Suicide Squad over a movie like you just reviewed with Barry called Iron Man 3. I, I've soured on that film a great deal. I liked that film when it came out. I did not. I uh, So I was like kind of kind of excited to see that movie because it's a Marvel movie. It's Iron Man. It's awesome. I almost fell asleep in the theater when it was a movie about, like, I've, I've blocked a lot of it out of my memory, and I never plan on rewatching it, but it was like, I think it was a movie about Tony Stark playing Santa Claus, trying to, like, fix a little boy's Mickey Mouse watch or something like that. Yes, and in a film that walking was released in May. Snow. Yep, they were walking through the snow, and he he was like, never Iron Man ever. And I was falling asleep in the movie theater, so I literally stood up, went to the exit, and like leaned against the wall and watched the rest of the movie leaning against of a wall. <laughs> Couldn't get out of there the... fast enough. No, I, I it wasn't even it wasn't even that. I was just like I need to I need to stand if I want to stay awake for the movie. <laughs> just a horrible movie. Like I would prefer Suicide Squad over that, over the second Avengers movie. Like you see, the, the first Avengers Thor movie definitely is, is inessential, but. Eh, more or less enjoyable. I would say it's a better uh, film than Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, like better in the sense that like it is certainly more it, competently made. It makes sense. A lot of it makes sense, but 
I feel felt like the whole movie, like the first Avengers, was like it built to it. It was awesome. It got a big payoff in the end. Second Avengers was like, hey guys, remember the first Avengers? Well, like we're gonna do that, but not good. And well, well uh, not good is harsh. And not fun. And we're gonna advertise it as the Empire Strikes Back of the Avengers with Ultron being an awesome villain. And Ultron is like, hello, my lady, hello, my darling. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a terrible terrible villain uh, so that leaves us at the end of the DC extended universe we have Wonder Woman in June and then the big Justice League film in November that's going to be next next fall to winter is going to be some movie season Justice League and Star Wars episode 8 within that a month is, of each other yeah that's <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna have much money. You should at that Robbie Fox on Venmo if you want to send me money next year. Because <laughs> um, I saw the Star Wars Force Awakens uh, seven times or f- five times in theaters. So I'm gonna need some money to see both of those movies. A, a good amount. So there you go. <laughs> well, you you could only go see them once. Garrett, <laughs> don't don't be silly. What if it's bad, Robbie? What if it's like... Speaking of... Monday in the US, Rogue One tickets go on sale. I'll probably be buying a lot of them. because yeah, I've, I've never pre-ordered tickets to a movie. Um, I'm a big pre-order guy. I don't pre-order anything, though. I'm just like, eh, I'll just go when it's out. No, because I need, like, first showing. So, like, my, in my movie theater, my local movie theater is a pretty big one. And for The Force Awakens, the movie sold out the day after tickets went on sale in October. Good God. You see, yeah, that, that would so happen. Like, my, it, my, essential. my local cinema is like, it's it's relatively quiet most of the time. Like, it, it would be half full when it's at its fullest. So it's just like, yeah, wondering. <laughs> that sounds awesome, though. Yeah. Yeah, no. There was, so I bought like, I think I bought like eight tickets or something night of because i was like i'm sure people are going to be like oh we want to go see that with you so i bought eight tickets and i just gave them to friends family whatever and then i went knowing my brother uh, would not be off work till later bought tickets for like the midnight too so i saw force wiggins twice and it's and it's first night it is worth it it's a film i i saw it three times in the cinema and I'm not it a big is, Star Wars guy. It, it, I've only seen all of the first six Star Wars films once. So, it is a masterpiece. You know, One of my favorite movies of all time, for sure. They they, they should give J.J. Abrams a DC film. He'd do a good job. He would kill it. He would absolutely kill it. J.J. Abrams is like maybe the smartest man on the planet in my book. They should give J.J. Abrams TNA. Well, yeah. If he'd hired me, I'd be like, yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> He probably would. He probably probably knows that you're like number one TNA historian. The only person that talks about the company. <laughs> you realize you're probably the number one TNA historian in the world. That's a, a strange claim to fame, but I suppose. I suppose like, like, like Jeremy like probably Borash would probably have me beat. I don't think he would. Because people in the wrestling industry, you talk to him and they're like, oh yeah, I forgot I ever did that. And it's like, dude, that was like a... T- title match that you were in what are you talking about they're like yeah it's just you know when you're on the road so much you, for, you forget these things like jeremy borash his bump card is all up he's, he's 
you know, he forgets these things. You, you don't forget anything about TNA. It is a curse. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it is. Maybe one day you can uh, team up with Brian Alvarez and write The Death of TNA. If he approached me, I would turn him down. <laughs> Why? Because I want to write the book myself. I don't want him to write it. He'd do a hatchet job. Oh, good point. Oh, didn't you... We're, we're so off Suicide Squad, but that's what we do with uh, all of these... If, if, if people didn't are still you... with us an hour and 11 minutes into the podcast... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to love this banter. Didn't you write like a Death of TNA essay... That's like 20 pages long or something it's not a few years pages. ago. It's only 1,400 words long. It's relatively short. It's 1,400 words? Yeah. And how long ago did you write that? In 2014. <laughs> That's amazing. It is amazing. amazing. In 2014, you were like, let me get cracking on this death of TNA stuff. <laughs> yep. It's gone through like seven redrafts. Well, yeah, I would imagine TNA's still still kicking. Yeah, like every time TNA nearly dies in the Voices of Wrestling Slack, I just drop that in there, and it's like, Rich, if if TNA go under, publish away. <laughs> it's just sitting <laughs> there. That is absolutely amazing. That it, it's just it's great. Fourteen hundred words. That's that's legit. Yeah, it's... I wrote. I wrote six thousand words when Daniel Bryan retired, and I was like. All right, that might be enough writing for a lifetime. That's your writing bump card up, is it? Yeah, I was like, I was like, I think that's too much. Because I went the uh, I went the old Dave Melty Moo Moo on it, and I did like a short biography of his career. Yeah, and then about his retirement, I was like, I don't know if I could write anymore, guys. This writing thing is really six thousand words, and I like saved it. As an MLA format too, because I was like, maybe I'll use that in college if I get an essay. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just just somewhere in the back of my mind, I was like, I bet I could use that in college because it's like twenty two pages in MLA format. Do you use MLA in Ireland? I have no idea what MLA is. Huh? It's like uh, I guess the standard college format, like that you would write an essay in the name for it. Sometimes I forget that the world isn't American. No, we we are a large and varied place who don't have Donald Trump as our leader. Rub it in, why don't you? A little cheap shot there, wasn't it? <laughs> Seriously, like every day, like still like past my office, it'll be like five o'clock, people are leaving, we look out the window and there's like just protesters. Just like what are you protesting? He won. Get over it. Yeah, like listen, I didn't vote for the guy, but like I don't understand what you're gonna change by holding some signs that's like not my president it's like well yeah he is he won you can't yeah, he's democracy that's he's like, most definitely your president maybe next time since you're doing all this processing maybe next time they'll put the presidency up to a vote maybe they will maybe people will have a voice yeah <laughs> i wonder how many of those I, people I were protesting that didn't actually protest. vote well, well, I was just about to say, I know someone that was in the protest it was um my friend's horrible girlfriend who i, I just hate um and I, I, I spoke with her. I hope she doesn't listen to this Suicide Squad review. Actually, I hope she does. She's just the worst. Um, <laughs> but I talked to her, and I was like, I was like, basically what we just said. Like, why were you protesting? What's the point? And she was like, well, I didn't vote, but I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, then you have no right to protest. You didn't even vote. Like, what would you think was going to happen if you didn't vote? Like, come on, man. Garrett. A, a, a continuing uh, 
story on these podcasts. Americans are just dumb. They're just dumb people all around. You're, you are a strange group. Look at me. I, I, I love these three movies. Oh. Eh, love's a strong word. Love's a really strong word. I don't love these movies. Based on the review you just gave this film, I think love is a very strong word. <laughs> I, I enjoy these movies. Like I could I could watch Suicide Squad like maybe maybe twice a year and be like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a movie I enjoy. Bop along to Sympathy of the Devil and like, yeah, music. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, before we go, Robbie, plugs. Uh, at that Robbie Fox, um, I guess BarstoolSports.com at this point. There's blogs about me kind of often. Uh, you officially changed your name to Intern Robbie because of this very podcast. Yeah, because of this podcast. Hopefully that'll change soon. Maybe because of this podcast, maybe they'll listen to this podcast. Be like, you don't have to be an intern anymore. We'll hire you full time. I will take one hundred percent credit for that. There you go. I actually have a friend who, who takes one hundred percent credit for uh, me getting hired because I once he suggested I Photoshop something that would be funny, and I did on my own. And uh, people thought it was funny, and he was like, "That hired you." It's like. All right, that's fair. You could take full credit for that. <laughs> I made you. Suggestion. I made you. Yeah. And, of course, the final plug is uh, at that Robbie Fox on Venmo for uh, donations next year. To get Robbie through his seeing the Justice League, which, based on the trailers, looks like fun. Yeah, it does. Looks really good. We'll talk about it, uh, like, a year from now. I actually think it's nearly <laughs> a year from today. May, yeah, the, maybe nearly a year from today. No, November You'll... 17th. So, so yeah, so a By year from today. next year, we'll have already talked about it. Yeah, we'll know. We'll, we'll know how that movie was. And here, um, just got in my time machine back from ne- next year. Great movie. It's terrible, but you like it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for the show this week thank you so much once again to Robbie Fox for being so kind as to dedicate his time to watching a film that is as bad as Suicide Squad and liking it and reviewing it so thanks Rob you can listen to new episodes of the podcast a week every single week here on soundcloud.com forward slash TWSBK or on iTunes by searching for the TWS network you can also find us on YouTube follow me on Twitter at carrotkidney g a or e t d k i d n e y. thanks for listening and bye bye